0: Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is you. Hello. And we're here to talk this week's news and politics, specifically.
1: Yeah. We're back because Adam yeah. Adam proves that immunisations don't work. Uh, yeah, I actually got the flu jab and still got the flu. Yeah. yeah, well, it's your own fault for getting the tube to work. Why couldn't you travel in a bubble? <laughs>
0: well, listen, I listen to all of the doctor's lies about herd immunity <laughs> and about... I thought that just eating all of the zinc and all of the lead. I insist- you read
1: something about heavy metals making. You read,
0: you read something, I read about, something about the amount something- of heavy metals in immunization. Yeah, jabs. so you ate a
1: load of alternate miniatures, got <laughs> profoundly sick. Yeah, I ate a load of white lead. And then have written a complaint letter. Yeah. I
0: insisted you give me two flu jabs to make sure I was ultra protected. For each side? Yeah, one each side. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big guy. Yeah. Uh, ne- needed all of that anti-flu juice for nothing nothing
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah
0: I was fucked and uh, you've contracted another particular kind of disease um, I electoralism
1: I have yeah
0: Hugh has joined the Labour
1: Party yeah this is Ooh. not the first political party I've joined um, what was the other one Lib Dems <laughs> <laughs> um, I briefly was a member of the Communist Party really yes I didn't know that yeah well, uh, I've told you that before. What was that was fucking years ago. This would, I would have been. I would have been about eighteen. Oh right, okay. That's, cool. that's when, and then I left because I thought that they were a bit tanky. <laughs> so, which one? I can't. That's the thing. I can't. <laughs> it feels the British Communist Party, the British one.
0: The well, there's the CP,
1: not the Communist Party, British. and there's the CPGBML. ML. There's the CPGB <laughs> exactly. L, uh, the uh, one that's affiliated uh, with the Morning Star. Oh
0: yeah, oh, it right. was that uh, one. Th- yeah, yeah, and
1: then and then I left okay. pretty quickly I think because that's CPGB I just I, I couldn't see the point of it, and I didn't out. have any money. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, I, but I left
0: so it. so now I mean uh, now you're a kind of font of advice for this, but you're a real asset to this podcast now mm-hmm. because you can tell me when you're briefing the press about <laughs> WMDs.
1: Yep. how do you lie so well? Um, well, I got lessons. <laughs> I got lessons. Well, the thing is, I've I've joined the Labour Party too late to get the lessons on that kind of lying, the lying about yeah, WMDs. Sure. But I have been given lessons on, essentially, how to like hit Jews with a wet towel so it doesn't leave marks. <laughs> I was so about I can't to say, have you, re- have you
0: received the list yet?
1: <laughs> no, I have not been given the list of prominent <laughs> Jews. Um, it's on... It's. It's on back order from Hungary.
0: <laughs> it's on the intranet. But you, yes. haven't, you haven't got your password yet. It's, uh,
1: no, no, I love that. I love the idea that the Labour Party doesn't have... In folder have a, marked there is a, in power. There isn't a WhatsApp group. It's the Labour Party intranet. Yes. I have to go down to Labour Party head office with my palm pilot. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I joined the Labour Party. Yeah. I genuinely don't know exactly why, but... Um, I
0: think it's a fair like in in all seriousness, it's like something that I I think about and hasn't I haven't quite been tipped over the edge. If there's an election, I probably will. Hmm. Um, so, okay,
1: um, we're not exactly in my constituency the for it. <laughs> well, yeah, but Round we will be knocking over in um Figgy, Woodford, South Woodford. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind. I walk there anyway every morning with a dog, yeah. so I just go a bit further and knock on some doors with my dog. As um, if they let me. I wonder if they would let me knock on doors with my dog. My dog's really sweet. But then I don't look sweet, so it could look quite threatening. And I oh, you can guarantee me knocking on doors in Southwood for Labour were, Party
0: sending around heavies. <laughs>
1: yeah, they, they, well, they'd assume they'd assume that
0: I'm homeless. Labour Party goons terrorising Tory pensioners. Yeah, um,
1: but you know he had been, his
0: dog on a string. Said Dorothy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do have dog on a string energy, but um, yeah, it depends. But also yeah, the Labour Party is it's it's terrible, it's flawed. In the extreme, there is a a legacy of incredibly bad stuff. I don't think it has been a force for good for the vast vast majority of its its existence. Yeah. But we're in a situation now where there is the most positive it has ever been. Socialism or barbarism—that kind of that kind yeah. of
0: choice we end up getting to. Well, I'm
1: I'm I, um I don't have the stomach for accelerationism. I could not watch the. Um, I think this country. It's because you've
0: undergone actual suffering. Yeah, I. And don't... Therefore, yeah the possibility of more suffering is not always a win-win.
1: Yeah, and I'm not happy with the Labour Party's position on COPS, but there's two different ways of dealing with that. There's either this, of shouting about it on here and just getting grumpy about it, or I can join the Labour Party and try and do something. And if it doesn't work, then I'll leave. I haven't joined Momentum because I can't be arsed with that stuff, and they've been making some weird choices. But... um. And it's too late for you to become friends with
0: Alistair Campbell now, because he's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh, we would have been such shame. good friends. There's so much what me and Alistair Campbell would have in common. Um, it's a wonderful singing voice. Well, I I shout at people sometimes. But maybe you frog you
0: march them to cash points? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I just... <laughs> rolling down all the ludicrous like <laughs> labour policies that you are now implicitly supporting.
1: Explicitly supporting. Yeah, I am. I am. Um... Yeah, that's that's me. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll prop the thing is you could go well it's like we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit, but it looks like an election is closer than it was. And if the Labour Party don't win and they have another leadership election, I do not want Angela Rayner. Yeah. And I definitely don't want Jess Fucking Phillips. Yeah. So I will vote accordingly. Vote as hard as you can, yeah, yeah. sure.
0: Um, yeah, so... Also I want to be a
1: local councillor so I can become a dirty local councillor and I, can, <laughs> yeah. I can achieve my life's goal of being featured in Rotten Boroughs in Private Eye <laughs> Local councillor, Hugh Owen here's, there's like a crude drawing of me because I'm known for just wearing a string vest at council meetings
0: <laughs> Was it like um, uh, it was Chris Williamson wasn't it, who had like his count- when he was a councillor or a, yeah. some kind of local politician in, in Derby before he was an MP had like a roles with like uh, SOS on it, which was like savior of socialism or something. Bullshit. I want. I, I want to say that's like a, an urban myth that I have heard. I might be mangling the details there. Yeah, but it was. You you need that kind of energy. Well, the, Imagine um, being a fucking local councillor. How great it would well, be. Well,
1: I don't want to be a local councillor now. Spiritually, it'd be terrible. But <laughs> I would happily be like. It's in um, Our Friends in the North at the beginning when you see the the Labour Party, the former Labour Party guy who's sorting out property development stuff, driving around the slums in his rolls or a Jaguar, and all the kids coming out to see him and wave at him. I (laughs) want to be that, even though I can't drive. (laughs) But yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So, we're back to current events. Yeah. Uh, This week, another flurry of activity. There's almost no point in trying to go through it. In minute detail, mm-hmm. but let's try. Okay. <laughs> so on Tuesday, Boris's deal uh, passed its first reading. Bills have three readings. Uh, this is the first one of those, okay. hence it's called the first reading. However, later on that day, the government lost the program motion. This was a like timetable for scrutinising the bill. They expected to get it done in three days. There is actually a constitutional convention in law that says any change to the constitution, which this would be, actually has to take, twenty. I think it's at least 21 days or six okay. weeks or something, to um, to be scrutinised. This bill already had exemption from that. However, Boris wanted to slam it through in a matter of days. Yep. That was voted down. Uh, Boris said he would pull the bill if he didn't get his programme motion through. He has not yet pulled that bill. However, the bill is paused. Um, it seems likely without the very very short time frame that the bill would be gutted and would be amended to fuck Mm -hmm. Uh, that is starting to go through now Um, any revised timetable which was trying to be negotiated today any revised timetable would take the bill past the October 31st deadline that the EU had set therefore it's almost completely likely that it will not pass before that time Mm -hmm um Boris and uh Corbyn met today to try and hammer out a more pa- a more like a pr- a acceptable timetable yep. that hasn't happened so oh, yeah. Boris has started um talking about having another election this time yep. on December 12th there's a vote on Monday there is a vote on Monday things are at the same deadlock yep. this is a majoritarian system that cannot tolerate the absence of an all-powerful executive, so it's just not working, it's just not going to work Um, all of this is also underpinned with the fact that Boris as part of his grand strategy has underpinned every stage of this with a load of traps Mm -hmm. for a no-deal Brexit to go through, spiking any decision that Parliament makes MPs individually are starting to feel their oats again, Mm -hmm. and they are unhappy at all of these spiked amendments and yeah. spiked bills that keep going through. So it seems like a deadlock. It seems like an election is the only way that this is going to be uh, acceptably kind of resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, it is amazing how much this has revealed about like the workings of the British state. And like I say, when it doesn't have a super powerful, monarchical executive yeah. at its head, that when it's forced to do its business in public by doing votes, which is what they're supposed to do, it like it yeah, just doesn 't work
1: for so long they 've been able they 've always had like a com well a majority or at least enough of a majority to just not have to debate like it doesn 't matter about mm. a debate or any kind of changing to a bill they 'll just do it
0: yeah and i mean i don 't think also that people i mean people are in the moment at the uh, are in uh, in the moment every day at the moment the the pace is just breathless, mm. not helped by the media who seem to have no Appreciation of their role in this particular like state of affairs
1: i don't think you understand them the point of them i don't i think you're get I think you're misunderstanding the point that they the way they see their point the way they see their point is they put the thing that's been sent to them and they put it on twitter <laughs> and they collect paychecks yeah that's their job <laughs> they are well i wouldn't say copywriters because copywriters change things. They literally just repeat what they've been told. Um, try and keep the sexual harassment to a minimum, but if it goes over the line, um, disappear for a bit and then come back. But mainly, yeah, just repeat what they're told. <laughs> and then cash their checks. That's literally the point. of them. They're not there to to analyse or investigate or inquire. They're not inquiring minds. You've seen, you've seen what Kevin Schofield looks like. You've seen that Twitter picture. He's not an inquiring kind of guy. None of them are they're just i mean i know it's i'm, I'm sure there 20, are some nice 24 hour news and like I access to, to twitter
0: and and things like that just keeps it going at this breathless pace that only they have access to but what they're actually putting out largely seems to be one westminster's figures opinion anonymous opinion on someone else. Yeah. And then Dominic Cummings or whoever has come up with the genius plan of how about we just put one out like 30 out every day yeah. and it'll be really, really
1: easy to not get any proper yeah. scrutiny. See, it'd be really good if... if oh, I think a way that they could deal with it is if they weren't allowed to just put this shit on Twitter mm. or their news reports, but they had to do it solely through the medium of TikTok then the really terrible ones would fall by the wayside because no one would actually pay attention to the one who literally just has something printed on A4 and just holds it up in front of the camera. Mm. You know, you'd, the ones who get all the attention, would they'd at least have to put some work in it. They'd have to add some razzmatazz, whether it be someone marching in place because they want, to, they want to remain, or, you know, dressing up as an anime character to explain what Dominic Cummings wants them to do.
0: Naruto running for Cummings. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they've... There's no... Um there's no looking back further than like a month yeah. a week if you know if if that and yeah. there's no looking forward also like i don't think parliament can really go back to functioning the way it was even if there is an election and there's a majority i don't know how easy it's going to be to go back especially now that party discipline has largely broken down in a system that depends on there was some fucking tweet um It was during that hilarious bit when uh, all the remainers did a huge vault face and started having a go at Corbyn for not disciplining, not disciplining, not doing Stalin enough, not disciplining his MPs to not vote for Mm. the bill, which a number of them did, um, mainly the ones who said they were going to. But like, also there was this. There was this tweet. I can't remember who actually who actually did it. It was like. I can't believe Jeremy Corbyn is going to tell his MPs how to vote. And it's like, motherfucker, what do you think the parliamentary system is? What's a wh- what do you think the whip system is? This is literally how this has always worked. Because it's the only way it can work.
1: Well, what's, what's the point? What's the <laughs> point of them? If you know you can't get them to vote, in, if you can't get them to you know, follow a specific plan. I get what you mean about, like, it, it don't know if it can go back. Say, like, the election happens, and mm. actually, to be fair, like... What of three ways it could go really, like big majority for Labour, big majority for the Tory Party, or the one that's most likely Lib Dem massive majority because they want to cancel French. <laughs> no, like, like some kind of fudge middle ground thing where either it's maybe um, it moves
0: a touch in one yeah, way or the other. Where but either not you end up have a coalition
1: way. between Labour and the SNP yeah, or a yeah. coalition between Tories and Lib Dems again. Yeah. Um No matter what happens, even if it was like a big majority so it would almost go back to normal mm. I think journalists have forgotten how to be. Yeah. And if Labour... if the Labour Party. Take say, say Corbyn wins. Yeah. Like a huge fucking majority. Like just destroys the Tories and the Lib Dems. Mm. And it's just like huge. They're going to act like he doesn't deserve to be there still. And going they're going to gonna be, be something sub- illegitimate. They're going to be yeah. supporting a coup against him.
0: I mean if you Again. follow if you follow the theory that say for instance the BBC yeah. as kind of a font of quite a lot of this political political yeah. journalism follows the um it's not that they are inherently Tory or Labour either way but what they do is they cozy up to the government as it exists at the time
1: yeah
0: how likely is it that they do swing in the same way that they have offered it's not support but kind of Politics on easy mode that mm. they have offered to the Tories. Yeah. Do they offer that to Corbyn?
1: No, not at all. You don't think they do at all? No, not at all. No, not in the slightest. Do you know why? Mm. Because Cor- like there isn't going to be any pressure from a Corbyn-led government to reduce the licence fee, mm. to you know, t- to damage the damage the BBC in any way.
0: I mean, if anything, Le- uh, Labour's media uh, reforms are to create a thousand tiny BBCs in a way yeah. to across the country to actually increase yeah. diversity of media.
1: Yeah, but we'll see if they actually do it. Well, I mean that's always a that's always a yeah. So you know what I mean? They're not going to do it. what the Tory Party do, yeah. which is literally threaten them every day. <laughs> yeah. But um, they're not going to go back to it. And also, so many of them it's like, yeah, they 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 aren't particularly left or right. They just lean towards whoever's in power. Mm. But Laura Koonsberg is a Tory. Rob Burl is like a he is a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> they're not like he isn't gonna. They're not going to change. Mm. And I don't. I think it's done now. I think they're into a particular. I can't think of a single. Like Sky will probably be better Mm. because Sky genuinely don't care about politics. They care about ratings.
0: Sky. Uh, Here we go. Right, controversial opinion. I watched ITV News some months ago, and I've watched Sky News a bit more recently than that. Both are ever so slightly better. Like are better than BBC News because BBC News comes with all of this, like institutional. Feel mm. to it, do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they've got the, they're people telling you stuff, but they're also trying to be your friend at the same time with the BBC because yeah. they've tried to inject their politics yeah. journalism with that I kind tr- of like, this is fun, isn't it? Yeah, I try this my is, hardest on, not to really watch. Come on. Any I, I mean, TV I don't. I genuinely I don't watch to any politics just
1: watch TV. NHK World, so I can just catch up on the sumo. <laughs> I find it the
0: sumo and the tsunamis.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, the tsunamis are less calming than the sumos, yes. Um, but yeah, it's oh. yeah.
0: Um, moving on to the deal itself, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't covered it because we kind of moved away from kind of day-to-day politics because it would be impossible to cover all of it uh, consequentially every week without saying the same thing.
1: Well, that and we broke our like flagellating, our self flagellating flails <laughs> that you know Catholics have. You We'd end up
0: getting it. in that mode of like, oh, I, I, I'm into politics. I hate that. I'm a, oh, I'm a bit of a, bit of a politics nerd. Well, yeah. Shut the fuck up. I will burn you alive. Yeah, exactly. Like we are like, I'll burn myself alive if I ever start fucking d- describing myself as that.
1: Jesus. Yeah, we've got a oh, politics podcast with over a, oh. with over a hundred episodes. If I met <laughs> someone who described themselves as being into politics, I would fold them in half. I would wedgie them so hard that they'd never be able to have kids. I just couldn't bear to be around that kind of thing yeah yeah despite that being a member of the Labour Party (laughs) I mean it's the
0: equivalent of saying you're not religious or spiritual
1: Mm -hmm. really isn't it yeah yeah.
0: Um, so this deal Mm -hmm. Boris's deal essentially the same as May's okay very very similar with a touch more appeal to the low tax low wage labour intensive sections of capital twofold the differences are twofold Mm -hmm. um The Northern Irish backstop is turned from, I mean, somebody said it turned from a backstop into a full stop. So rather than having this ongoing um, opt-out of Northern Ireland being in the Customs Union and essentially the EU Customs border being in the Irish Sea, right? um, Rather than having a rolling thing subject to Stormont, I think it was Stormont approval, um, it's now just straight, it will be in the EU Customs Union for four years. Mm-hmm. No, no decision making. No, there's no, no way of voting out. Of it. No way of voting out of it.
1: Nothing. Okay.
0: Um, I think there are some provisions for if, because obviously, also Northern Ireland Stormont, the Stormont Assembly well, is not
1: well, sitting currently. I'm sure one of the things like, I saw was that Stormont could vote to get out of it, but one of the problems there is that yeah, they don't have a parliament
0: They like, don't have a sitting Parliament at the moment because it was dissolved, I think, because of. Thingy's think he's um, DUP leader's... Uh, financial impropriety. Financial
1: impropriety. I think you're... F- oh, did you... Oh, okay, just a, a little aside. Did you see that really great video of Arlene Foster begging them to just not do gay marriage and um, an No, abortion? I didn't see like, that. Like, a powerless bigot asking the judge, like, just, <laughs> I'd like you to just look into your heart and just suspend this. And he's like, no.
0: And she's like, please... <laughs> Thanks. Arlene Foster's crying
1: now. Good job. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. They are like, does she cry? She so doesn't cry. She's never (laughs) cried. She doesn't look like a person who can cry.
0: Um, The other, as well as Northern Ireland, which we'll return to in a minute, uh, the other big aspect of this was the workers' rights and environmental protections Mm -hmm. moved from the legally binding section... ...of the uh, withdrawal agreement... ...to the non-binding political declaration... ...which was the declaration that said... ...this is what we'd like to achieve going forward. Complete guff, right? Um, The original deal had the UK abiding by EU standards... ...which is like what they call the level playing field. Uh, They would adhere to a level playing field... ...on labour rights and environment... um, ...and they were removed... Um, But the revised political declaration says that the UK and the EU should uphold the common high standards in the areas of state aid, competition, social employment standards, environment, climate change and relevant tax matters. Um, There has been this constant tension within Brexit thus far. We have generic Brexit, just leave. It's what the Tories have been leaning on for so long Mm -hmm. and it's what largely Remainers have been fighting against. Mm -hmm. It's been a, a weird nonsense proxy battle now we start to get to see more of the detail of exactly what brexit will look like and what kind of brexit the tories want mm-hmm. which to me seems like the more relevant fight mm-hmm. um and what we're starting to see of the of the brexit that they're going for is they're going to try and salvage a new conser- like forge a new conservative coalition out of largely low tax low regulation like Britain is, Britain is Singapore, except with even more low-paid low,
1: low paid Labour. Um, yeah, without explicit slavery. Yeah.
0: And for some reason, a bunch of Labour MPs came out just before this bill and said, oh, don't worry, Boris has assured us that he'll be... fine." Oh, come on. Yeah. Right, now... You're Labour MPs, and I know that that it is a low bar. It has almost no prescriptions left (laughs) as to what it is to be a Labour MP. Conservatives have it easy. Essentially, they have to be borderline patriotic, (laughs) but not all the time. Borderline social conservative, but even they don't even have to do that. And they have to believe vaguely in the free market, except they've also got an opt-out if they want to be like, don't sell the family silver, one nation, Uh, patriarchal, like, like like capitalists like that. They've got an opt-out for everything. Labour MPs also have opt-outs on everything, but there are some things you really can't opt-out of, and that is making workers... (laughs) Making it so that people can be sacked minute by minute, and that 10 days of holiday a year generally is considered a Labour-sticking point, right?
1: You'd think. You'd think so, um... (laughs) As the newest member of the Liberal Party, <laughs> I would like to say... Now that the,
0: you're responsible for all the Labour Party's decisions.
1: Um, you know, I definitely fucking wouldn't.
0: Dan Jarvis voted. Remember Dan yeah. Jarvis? Oh. He voted for the, for, um, for the bill and against the um, NHS provision that they tried to put in. He voted against I, I want to... Oh no, actually, maybe that was just the usual suspects. That might have been just the Kate Huey crowd. Yeah. No, he um, voted for the for the bill. To put did. the bill, bill through. It's like, remember when he was gonna be like Labour leader?
1: I remember when he was gonna and be he was gonna run a,
0: run tanks all, all over all of the problems that Ed Miliband had. Yeah. Oh god. He's northerner and a troop. That means everyone will have to vote for him, otherwise <laughs> they'll be hypocrites. And it turns out it just doesn't fucking matter, does it?
1: <laughs> it's um yeah, I saw the the NHS thing with the vote to like make sure that the NHS would be protected from any future deals and every single Lib Dem abstained. Yeah. and then claimed that God it was a, claimed damn. that it was an elaborate trap set up by the Labour Party to prove that the Lib Dems don't like the NHS. And he's like, "Well, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have read the Orange Book. Yeah, I know most of their voters haven't, but I mean, what? Well, uh, and they we, rely on it. We have
0: said it before. Like, what's amazing about the Lib Dems is we're talking about sticking points of principles there, mm-hmm. like." The bar is even lower for Lib Dems. There oh, yeah. is, they can position themselves absolutely anywhere on the political spectrum. What's astonishing about them is that they're where they choose to position themselves, yeah. which is apparently electing
1: homophobes <laughs> and against the NHS. It's where's like because there isn't like a socially liberal bit now. They, they've given up on uh, that. Shit.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't they've necessarily say no. In real in in reality, most of the Lib, I imagine most of the Lib Dem supporters are socially liberal. Yeah, I but mean, the people that are in there and the in the the ones who are like in PLDP, charge of DP and allowing
1: people to join. Yeah, like um that fucking Bracknell dickhead. Um,
0: oh yeah, um of course. But then like, but these were not decisions. They're not made massively by the in favour
1: of like democratic choices. <laughs> they used to be anti like ID cards, but I don't know if they're that. If, are they against the um the having to bring your ID to the ballots thing? I imagine... I haven't heard anything
0: that they've said.
1: I imagine they've got no problem with it, because I saw around, what's her name? The Lib Dem in Oxford, I think. Layla Moran. Yeah. Mm. And she was saying that, you know, people with passports tend to be more intelligent and tend to lean towards remain. (laughs) Jesus. And she was like, she said it like she was just asking questions. Like, I just happen to have Jesus noticed that Christ. people with like a sloping forehead ridge tend to vote <laughs> leave.
0: Just asking questions. Going a- going abroad on a stag do to Prague hmm. and smashing up the place <laughs> when you get hammered on like beer that costs one pound fifty is a sign of intelligence. <laughs> it's just that this automatic like tropes of middle classness that in automatically prove your intelligence. It's mm-hmm. gross. It's really gross. Because also, like it's not big enough. Have you not seen what's happened to the country over the past 10 years? Like, they're calling it the shrinking of the middle class for a fucking reason. Mm -hmm. These people are, like, going away as they either maintain their, like, maintain their living standards enough to be in, like, the top 10% of, like, richest, or they fall down into lower middle class or working class, like, professions. And, oh, man, man. Um, yeah, so, back to Northern Ireland. Yep. Um, this was like for me, was one of the the kind of biggest things that's come out of it, and people are focusing on the kind of, oh, he's finally like Boris has finally decided on a an optimal like way that this whole thing is going to work. Hmm. Um, oh, and you know they're briefing different things. Um, essentially, Northern Ireland will remain part of the customs union. Uh, they briefed two different things on the same day. Boris saying there wouldn't be checks between Northern Ireland and the mainland, uh, the um, the rest of the UK. Steve Barclay then saying no, they're fucking definitely will. <laughs> um, essentially, they haven't worked out everything yet, but there will be points of entry between um, uh, Great Britain and the Isle the Island of Ireland. They have, are going to separate goods into at-risk and non-at-risk groups. So some goods will be checked, some won't. They'll decide this at a later date. Um, and the rest of the UK basically won't be on single market rules, and Northern Ireland will.
1: How great will it be when? Okay, so I don't, I'm trying to think of like the crossings. I imagine there's a crossing from Liverpool,
0: mm-hmm. or is it Hollyhead? Because I know there is a Holyhead. Holyhead goes from Hollyhead. to doesn't Hollyhead w. go w. to Fishguard? No, no.
1: Hollyhead goes okay. to Ireland, but well, you can probably go to Fishguard. But I um, mean, go. But Holyhead goes. It can go to no, Dublin. No, it's in
0: like that's the port in is it Ireland? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I've been there like a couple of times. Okay. Ago, but yeah, you America. go
1: over to Ireland. You can go over to Ireland from Hollyhead. That's one of the main bits I know of anyway. Mm. But they don't do passport checks. You know they don't do well. The thing
0: is that the yeah the, the border will be there, so yeah. that will still affect it. But yeah. it's the border between Northern Ireland and England, and, yeah. and you know England and, yeah, yeah. and Scotland and Wales.
1: Yeah, that's it's like the weird. But thing. The, I mean, the
0: interesting thing is that like, like there's one example that I saw, which was if say the UK decided to um, reduce VAT on something, yeah, right to zero, yeah. so no VAT so on tampons. something, um, yeah, something like that. Northern Ireland would still have to keep it at a minimum set by the EU.
1: To be fair, so, Northern Ireland—the women of Northern Ireland—are used to suffering under a different, fucking, backwards, bigoted way of having to fucking live, aren't they? <laughs> so I'm sure the Tories—actually, yeah, Tories—and
0: uh, I mean, the, look, the parliamentary logic of this is—is is, I would say sound. It makes sense because,
1: like, Boris doesn't have—well, it makes sense in a brutal way of like that Johnson, he doesn't need jo-
0: them. Johnson doesn't need them anymore. Doesn't need the DUPs because he, cause he, cause he, he needs, couldn't get a majority even if he tried. Yeah,
1: exactly. He needs significantly um,
0: more, and he needs Labour MPs yeah. for any any kind of majority at all.
1: Yeah. And
0: what was interesting was this was a couple of weeks ago, but the Telegraph published an article saying, do we
1: let's wrap for a second.
0: Do we really (laughs) need Northern Ireland? Do you know how the
1: Telegraph coming round to the front of the desk sitting on it? Do you put his elbow on his knees. Okay,
0: let me pull my hat back here. (laughs) Let me pull the chair around backwards. Do you know how much we spend on Northern Ireland and it's like <laughs> oh here we go here's the start of the ritual by which the Tories sacrifice Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And like it was always a sticking point in the kind of in the in the unionist form of Brexit because only because unionism is associated with conservatism and with the kind of Losing apocalyptic Brexit that they that they wanted but it's in a many ways kind of the most easily sacrificed limb yep. of that particular ideology. It was not fully comprehended at the time of the referendum that it would be a thing. No one said anything about Northern Ireland during the referendum. It was not a not a thing. It no. was maybe the day after people started talking about the Good Friday Agreement and everyone went, oh yeah, that might about be. There's a weird contradiction there. Hmm. Um, and it's been... It hasn't even been a point of principle because Brexiteers have been frustrated by it. They haven't been angry at it, they've mm-hmm. been frustrated by it because they see a better thing on the one hand and they see Northern Ireland remaining part of the UK on the same rules as another and one is a much more attractive destination. Mm. right? Um, what's interesting about this, and there was a really good article by David Edgerton in The Guardian that talks about the makeup of the Conservative Party and talking about how you know, Conservative Party gets called the natural party of government mm-hmm. when what people mean is it's kind of the natural party of the state. Mm-hmm. Labour has never been the natural party of the state, despite how much they've tried to kind of like turn the army or the police or the intelligence services yeah. into more of their kind of a socially progressive army or a socially ag- aggressive, uh, progressive, socially aggressive is actually more accurate, socially progressive police force. They've Did they never, try that though? um, yeah, one hundred percent. One
1: hundred percent. I think a poster campaign doesn't count. <coughs> it's an attempt. Okay. Um.
0: But yeah, so the Tories' unionist and political aims largely align with that of mm. the state. The state doesn't have very strong preferences, but one of its strongest preferences is the maintenance of the union. Yeah. Right. Um. The like police, state apparatus, uh, like intelligence apparatus, um, civil service have at the very least a small C conservative outlook when it comes to the shape of the UK. Yeah. No matter how they got there, this is what the UK looks like. This is what they will fight to protect us. It, it's largely what the British Army was doing in during the Troubles. Um, as such, their objectives for preserving the status quo, territorial integrity, align with the Conservative parties more often than not. Um, again can align with the labor parties but doesn't have to mm-hmm. um, and like this article was pointing out that while in the past you would have had if you had a conservative in the Conservative party even sitting on the parliamentary benches, they would have had a certain amount of interest in preserving the nation as that unit it would have had yeah. what like what you would call national capitalists
1: yeah
0: since Thatcher and the financialisation of the seventies and deindustrialization, you don't have that link between conservative between like the actual kind of national capitalists and the Conservative Party. It's not an automatic thing. It's mm-hmm. why UKIP is a thing. It's yeah. why the Brexit Party is a thing. Yeah. If you look at all the things that go along outside of the EU, they have very much a inwardly like uh, export-led industrialisation focus. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll bring the factories back. We'll bring the thing, and like. You can't even I'm just thinking of like how many national capitalists you could actually name I mean the obvious one is like Mike Ashley mm-hmm. Aaron banks yeah uh James Dyson, even though he has his factory in Fee- it, Singapore now yeah you know um what happened under Thatcher was that Britain became a business- a place for the world to come to do business rather <laughs> than you know uh exporting stuff outwards
1: yeah
0: and brexit itself is this has been posited as this like project of national renewal and ultimately like national capitalism it's those people who are doing it the international capitalist dimension didn't land at all international finance is not popular mm-hmm. and did not kind of form a significant block of did not could not command a significant block of support no during the referendum yeah. it's part of the reason why remain lost because they were associated with all the people who you would naturally hate
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um, Whereas the idea of this, like, nostalgic rebirth of industry, it has a certain appeal to, like, old schmaltzy images of the 70s and, like, as much as as ideas of rebirth of the empire Hmm. were important to Brexit, ideas of the rebirth of ICI and British Hmm. Leyland and the old nationalised industries, and, like I say, this, like, workerist schmaltzy view of the 70s, I think were probably just as important, especially seeing as most of that support... Would have come from pensioners who had actually lived through it, yeah. who maybe owned their own homes because they were in secure kind of state guaranteed jobs. Mm. The way this comes back round to Northern Ireland is that in the Tory imagination, it was always like this linchpin. It mm. was always the most Tory place. Yeah, right. Now, that doesn't have a place in the imagination. that it, it just has lost its place in the imagination of your average like Brexiteer, yeah. of the, this project of national renewal. Yeah. So because you don't have that alignment between the state's objectives and the Tory party's objectives anymore, mm. they are free to completely abandon that. If MI5 wanted to keep Northern Ireland as part of the union, they wouldn't have an automatic political vehicle to go to to mm. do that anymore. There's no There's no yeah. synchronicity between those two things. Like... Northern Ireland's the most, in its Protestant sense, is the most Tory place. It's the most socially conservative place in the country. And it's also the most precariously British. Mm. You know, I mean, if Northern Ireland could go, why not Scotland? Why not Wales? Mm -hmm. You know, despite geography, like it, 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 it's, the advocates of Northern Ireland being a part of the UK are way more um, proactive than Scottish unionists or, or Welsh unionists. Yeah. You know? Um, And the the Tories trading Northern Ireland as a part of Brexit is just this perfect, like, it's this perfect symptom of the party trying to find its place and not having an obvious constituency. They've abandoned that constituency of, like, national capitalists Mm. and and the state and and, and things like that. And this Brexit deal shows that actually what they would like to do is go towards this low-wage, low-regulation economy that favours largely, I mean, things like agriculture, labour-intensive sections of capital. And it's interesting to see whether that's enough. Yeah. Like, because obviously high finance don't like it. There are probably enough people that there would still be a financial sector. Um,
1: I think they're relying on... I think... There's like a whole generation of olds who do not like the idea of giving up Ireland. The kind of people who complain about Jeremy Corbyn ever having talked to anyone with an Irish accent. Yeah. Um, and I think the Tories are relying on their memories being so terrible that they will vote Tory even though Ireland becomes unified. Or well, because also... remember and they'll vote for the like for one at least one more time before they die. Yeah. And the younger ones don't care.
0: I mean also remember that they don't really need to depend on Northern Ireland as this um, integral part because th- all throughout the troubles and afterwards the way that the british media has portrayed the troubles is tribal. Mm-hmm. It's it's certainly or almost orientalist mm-hmm. and imperialist in its way yeah. but it was oh, Catholics and Protestants can't get on, yeah. the British army was there to keep the peace, yeah. which was flagrantly not the case. <laughs> but also, the case was never made that, oh no, we're sending the army over there to quell rebellion. Hmm. They w- It was never portrayed as that, because no. if it had been portrayed as that, and then they lost, which to a certain extent they did, Sinn Féin achieved a lot of its political objectives with the Good Friday yeah. Agreement. Because of that... That would have been a much more shattering event yeah. for the British state. So what they did was they did the whole thing. They did the thing they did everywhere else, which was we're in we're in the middle here. Just, hey guys, just calm down. Yep. Okay, here's this gun. <laughs> UVF. Here's yeah. this bomb making a. That is you know.
1: literally what the British do. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and like the, again, it's this matter of the Tories. At least Boris is trying to, at least now we have some idea of when Boris is trying to maintain a future Tory party, we know what he's going to go for. And it's the scummiest, shittiest, fucking most depraved section of capital possible. No green capitalism. No um, thing. This is fucking old-fashioned mine owners.
1: (laughs) This is... Not even pretending to be green capitalists. Not (laughs) even those ones.
0: Yeah, this isn't high-tech Singapore capitalists. This is fucking work in in, uh, our Amazon warehouse till you die capitalists, but it will have a British flag on it. Yeah, it's those guys, and at least you know we have some some greater idea of what's uh, what's going on. Yeah. So for our second section today, we are going to talk about led by donkeys. They, they
1: are the, are the continuity.
0: The militant wing of continuity remain adbusters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ugh. It's, it's weird because this this um, stuff came out like was it last week? There was a really good article about satire and how it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, this isn't even it, the weird thing. Is this isn't even satirical? I yeah, mean. but their
1: books, their book has literally got a tagline that's um like like about how they use laughter to to yeah, change the yeah, country yeah, yeah. where they haven't, they demonstrably haven't changed the country. But anyway, Carol. Yeah.
0: So as you mentioned, they have a book coming out. Yeah, they here's do. the uh, here's the here's the the blurb. Seeking to highlight the hypocrisy of our politicians on Brexit, four friends armed with nothing more than ladders, roller brushes and a treasure trove of damning statements from our leaders slapped up the politicians' biggest lies on billboards around the country. This guerrilla operation wasn't easy, but it wasn't long before the British public enabled them to take things into their own hands, and the rest is history. What? What does that mean? Leave the EU or remain? An apparently simple question divided the nation in historic fashion. Many of us believe the words of these politicians. By putting up their quotes as billboards, self-styled, led by donkeys, had clear intentions to compare the promises that have been made across the years with the damning reality. The official visual account of how four ordinary people managed to expose the government's hypocrisies through a nationwide guerrilla advertising campaign. Four ordinary people. Now, well, sir, before you go through, yeah,
1: the led by donkeys thing... It's yes. like it's like referencing to World War One. It is, yes. you know, men. The, the origins is actually. It heroes good. led by
0: donkeys. Or it's, oh, it's lions led by donkeys. Lions led by donkeys. The yeah. phrase is actually way older than that. But yeah. It's mainly famous I'm for sure, World War sure. One. Yeah, but,
1: um, yeah. So they're first off, they're implying that you know the plucky British voter <laughs> who voted in that is a is, lion. Yeah. <laughs>
0: is uh, a hero. Yeah. Badly uh, led.
1: Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you for
0: reducing mean, inside of anything thank you for reducing the agency of the led by donkeys because they were led well, is to that, Brexit it,
1: it's, that's a recurring Remain thing that yeah. you know, people who voted leave are easily manipulated by um, ads on Facebook and the reason the, th- the only reason they would be is because people like led by donkeys and, and like James O'Brien spent all their time fucking criticising media studies um, A-levels and GCSEs that would have actually made a population that would have been more immune to that kind of shit <laughs>
0: Um, most of the criticism of
1: Led by Donkeys
0: from kind of the left has mm. been focused on the fact that they're all like, there's an Ollie a Will, a Ben and a James. <laughs> they're all 45, they all met in a pub in Shoreditch and most of the fun has been around their kind of choice in... And
1: their favourite album their cover is that.
0: Slint? Is it Slint, the one in the
1: quarry? Oh yeah,
0: Slint is the one where they're all below the up water. Up to their yeah, neck, up in to the their neck, quar- neck That's wittle, their
1: yeah. favourite album cover. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's a kind of amalgamated into the centrist dad mm-hmm. uh, centrist dad
1: discourse. Yeah, that and they're lame as hell. Um,
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. lame.
1: it's so lame.
0: As a, there's a little bit of... Yeah, it is a shit tactic. We will get into that when yeah, I'm yeah. going to read a little book extract in a moment and we will get into exactly okay. how efficacious <laughs> this tactic has been. Yep. Um, but a little background on Led by Donkeys. Okay. Now, remember that... The visual account of how four ordinary people managed to expose the government's hypocrisies. Yep. So... We have Will Rose. Okay. He was a photographer for Greenpeace. Mm-hmm. Very prominent photographer. Uh, photos featured in The Guardian. He's like their, one of their in-house photographers. He's <laughs> had a long, long career doing that kind of thing for Greenpeace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Knowles. He was senior oceans campaigner for Greenpeace. Uh, led like uh, anti tuna um, things. Mm-hmm. campaign for regulation on tuna fishing in Thailand. Places like that. Absolutely, yeah. Seems to have a little bit of political experience, doesn't he? Yeah. That doesn't seem like a... That's not an ordinary person. That's not a person yeah. divorced from politics and from decision-making. They like four friends who and, met at
1: the Guardian bar.
0: <laughs> they met in a pub in Shoreditch, yeah. apparently. Ben Stewart.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, he had... Uh, he, there's actually an interview with him in uh, PR Week from, I think, 2013. Yeah. Um, he won the Guardian Student Journalist of the Year Award in uh, when he left university. He spent two months at the Guardian, Uh, He joined Greenpeace, and his first action for Greenpeace was breaking into the Cabinet office and replacing the illegally logged wooden doors with a sustainable material. He was chased by the police and ended up on the roof. He was arrested in 2007 for this. The same year he became Greenpeace Comms Director. Okay. With five other Greenpeace activists, he was arrested for scaling the smokestack and shutting down King's North Power Station. He is the Greenpeace head of media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, he's the head of,
0: he's one of the most guys. prominent political, not in, like non governmental political campaigners in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Greenpeace is probably the biggest, I mean, not yeah, the biggest, are, but certainly one big. of the most prominent. Yeah. That's a huge organization. Yeah. That's not ordinary. <laughs> All right. Finally, the really interesting one James Sadri. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's an ordinary person. He's, again, spent many years at um, Greenpeace. I think he did um, anti-hunt stuff as well, mm-hmm. and like a number of them. It was, again, in the League Against Cruel Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, he was strategy director for the Syria campaign.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Syria campaign. Mm-hmm. This can talk, any talk of Syria, from the left, runs the danger of getting conspiratorial.
1: And invoking the right. spirit of Ozcatchi. <coughs> <laughs> Who will turn up and shout at us. The Syria
0: campaign were heavily involved in the promotion of the White Helmets, mm-hmm. which were the organisation that would go into uh, places in Syria that had been bombed and uh, rescue people, offer of medical assistance, and everything like that. Uh, the, camp- the Syria campaign maintained their funding website. Uh, they, the White Helmets, were founded and trained by James Lemassuriere, who was a former British mercenary and military and intelligence officer. So what I'm saying is James Sadry, I'm not saying James Sadry is a spook. No. I'm not saying he is an agent. I'm really not. Uh, the Syria campaign itself was a non-profit that was set up as a campaigning organisation dedicated to civilian protection. As such, they advocated for a no-fly zone over Syria, (laughs) which would have involved US military invention, 70,000 soldiers on the ground in Syria and the potential of a clash between Russian and US aircraft in the enforcement of that no-fly zone. So, like I say, non-political, just an ordinary guy, that's fine. Syria campaign also targeted the UN's work in Syria particularly, (laughs) painting the UN as a stooge of Assad. (laughs) Uh, They created a website to host a 50-page anti-UN report that was opened by the UN logo being drenched in blood. (laughs) Again, I'm not saying saying he's a spook. Um... What's kind of important about this James Sattery thing is that Led by Donkeys have had a number of interviews in The Guardian. Yeah. Not once...
1: Has it been mentioned?
0: Has it been mentioned that he was the director of strategy for the Syria campaign? Not once. It was mentioned once in an interview last weekend, I think, that he had a background in the Middle East and human rights. Why was that not... Why is this not a thing? Yeah. Like, that's not a normal person. No. I'm not saying... I'm actually genuinely not saying he's a spook because like I tried to get into the White Helmets thing to see if there was anything to it and like I can't I don't know. I can't like I can't pick it apart. Yeah. What I am saying is he's not just some guy. None of these are just some guy. That just met in a pub. That just met in a pub. They are I mean, not to sound like a fat southern sheriff. They are literally professional outside agitators. (laughs) Yes. That's literally been their entire jobs. They're all in their 40s. They're all in their yeah. mid-40s. So yeah. they're like maybe 10 years older than us. And their entire job career, paid-for careers, yeah. has been working on political campaigns. Yeah. This is, why this desperate rush to paint them as just ordinary blokes? Oh, we just happened to meet in a pub. The head of, <laughs> the head of Greenpeace, the ambassador to the UN, and the prime hey. minister... It is really you know, bizarre, is there like is some.
1: it's like, yeah, it's part of, like, the that kind of continuity remains idea about itself, though, that they they've only become, like, one of the things is that they've become politically motivated because yeah. they've suddenly realised how much they're going to lose and how much they have to how much they love the, um, the, the EU. There, there is
0: also something to be said for their portrayal of like the innocence, like They want to be portrayed yeah. as innocents. We've yeah. talked about it a lot before, but the change in Generation X after, in this country, the loss of the 1992 campaign mm. meant a lot of people leaving socialist or borderline socialist organisations, anti-racist, environmental, et- uh, uh, women's rights, etc., etc., and really trying to distance themselves from being labelled as political or being labelled as ideological, yeah. So that's I mean, that's largely the birth of the NGO movement. I think Aaron Aaron Darty Royce talked about it quite a lot, mm-hmm. how a lot of the energy that could have been gone into resisting neoliberalism mm-hmm. actually went into essentially charity work. Yeah. Because you could feel morally pure while you were doing it. You didn't have to make any explanations of like the Soviet Union. You didn't have to explain away sending tanks into Prague. Yeah. You could just concentrate on doing morally pure things like feeding the hungry. Without the downside of that is obviously addressing um, not addressing the systemic causes of that yeah. which we can now see in all of this remain brexit activism stuff
1: yeah you know there's also the thing like they remainers like to put out this idea of themselves as they don't want to be fighting this battle like you see the signs on remain marches like mm-hmm. I'd rather be home making a cup of tea yeah so the, another reason like you know they're just normal guys rather than this is their job this has always been their job
0: it always it always does portray it always was portrayed as like kind, they're kind of kind of insulting yeah as well, because it's like, I just about care enough about this important thing that I am out here yeah. today. If this meant one jot less to me, I wouldn't even be here. Yeah. It's like,
1: fuck off. This is the first You're then time. then trying I've...
0: to convince other people
1: yeah. that. This is the first time I've ever cared about anything and I don't care about it that much. Mm. Um, but yeah, these guys are remain mercenaries, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. like, if they said that right up, it's like, we're soldiers of fortune. We fight for the highest dollar. The, highest, the largest amount of gold and it just the so largest happens. euro yeah but it just so happens that this time these people have paid us yeah um, so
0: there, there was a, an extract from the Led by okay. Donkeys book
1: the upcoming Led by Donkeys book Fantastic. in The Guardian I'm going to read it out now see what you think was it in The Guardian because of their connection to The Guardian
0: <laughs> they talk about yeah. literally having meetings with David Cameron
1: yeah
0: <laughs> like literally <laughs> arranging media campaigns targeting major political parties just, just because of people. course that's what you do you, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, they'd know because they're lobbyists. They are literal (laughs) lobbyists. I'm not even... Okay. Any sense that Dover, where they put up four illegal posters in one night, is the climax of the project, that will soon be winding down, is rendered redundant by the reaction to the posters. Many of the most influential journalists and commentators in the country are now following us, and we have a vaguely influential platform from which to offer our own commentary on the Brexit farce. We're being inundated with suggestions for new posters, many of them examples of thermonuclear hypocrisy. Mm. I fucking hate that so much. I hate yeah. how you think that if you just call people hypocrites, yeah. politicians hypocrites, that it, yeah. will, it will do something. Sorry to bring it up again, but that Peter Cook thing about the, um, the old Berlin um, yeah. satire shows and cabarets that did so much to stop <laughs> the rise of Hitler.
1: Yeah.
0: like Come on, you cannot be this naive. I actually think you literally can't be this naive because you're in Greenpeace. Well, yeah, One of the more successful
1: fucking political pressure groups. You'd hope that they'd be, not be that naive, but I bet you they're the kind of people that think that, you know, that <laughs> it was laughing at Lembit Opik that got rid of him. <laughs> There's like, could be like, yeah. one of the largest scalps for satire yeah. <laughs> is Lembit Opik. <laughs> Boris Johnson is Prime Minister. Exactly. I hate to
0: keep repeating this. Your strategy of cultural pressure has not entirely borne fruit.
1: You haven't embarrassed him away yet. Yeah.
0: There are scores of demands that we take the campaign national. Literally, scores. 20s of demands. Um, who asked for this? Hmm. Like, a common theme of this is how kind of reluctant they were and how they're not sure that this is really efficacious Mm. and again, knowing what you know about their backgrounds and if you feel that strongly about Remain or even if you feel that strongly about the short term difficulties that the parliamentary system, the British political system is in because of Brexit, whether it's a a distraction from more important issues or whatever, if you wanted to make your thing heard and like you wanted to, to do something about this and you're an activist with years and years of experience of direct action. Why this? Hmm. Why this particular thing? They're not funny billboards. No. They're not particularly enlightening billboards. No. It's weird. They carry on. Ideally, we'll hit the northeast, preferably Sunderland. Its place in the Brexit story was cemented when it declared early on the night of the EU referendum and became the first indicator that Britain had voted to leave. Certainly, we needed to get out. Certainly, we needed to get out of the southeast. God. But how can we get our posters up across the country when we all have young kids? Maybe you should sort out a fucking movement, mate. There's a big fucking Remain movement out there. There's a, there's a million people on a march, or however many hundreds of thousands on a march. Yeah. Just ask some of them, maybe. Maybe? No? No. <sighs> Until now, they continue. Until now, we've been putting the children to bed, then pulling on our high vis gear over a North Face fleece. (laughs) I can't resist the cultural tropes. I really can't because there's so many of them. I thought they
1: paid for the billboards.
0: Um, Ah, we get to that. We get to that. Um, Pulling on our high-vis gear to paste up posters in the dark, but always, with the exception of Dover, getting back in time to get the kids to school and nursery in the morning. Sunderland is 300 miles away. Even if we got the billboard up in half an hour, the whole thing would be a 12-hour operation. For the first time, we start to entertain the possibility of setting up a crowdfunder. For the first time, we start to entertain the possibility of putting up a crowdfunder, said the head of media for Greenpeace and the strategy director of the prominent outlet for news in the West from the Syrian civil war. For the first time... You're lying. <laughs> You're lying about that. Should put out a poster. Shortage. <laughs> <laughs> An online push for funding from the public. Yeah. A lot of people are asking us to do it. They want us to see the posters proliferate. They want to be involved. And donating cash will give them away. It seems it isn't just us who find led by donkeys cathartic. For a reminder, catharsis is the process of relieving bottled up, strongly held emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what catharsis is. What emotions have been? Bottled up <laughs> by Board Brexit. Up. Yeah, none. What emotions have been left unexpressed?
1: Well, so did you see that um, thing coming out today of um, the majority of both Leavers and Remainers are okay with violence <laughs> to achieve what they want? Like, it figures like 56% of Remainers are happy for is ha- are happy for there to be violence, and like 70% of Leavers <laughs> are happy for there to be violence. Yeah, none of them are bottling yeah. anything.
0: No, no one's bottling anything, and it's like... Uh, you
1: cannot possibly look at the Brexit debate and think that's what it is. Also... You can't look at Madalena Kaye and the way she sings her heart out <coughs> and think that she's bottling up those emotions. She's pure gold.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, aside from anything, if we're talking about the effect, effective politics, mm-hmm. emote, the politics of emotion, mm-hmm. what I really want to see, what I hear from everybody more and more, is the ability to put up more advertising information. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's More it advertising.
1: Shows, it shows the generation they are, and like... Because you know they are those they're literally yeah, they're ten years older than us. That Gen Xer ninety two went wrong. They went into NGOs, that kind of thing. And so, what's one of the main things that they've always that they're obsessed with, and of course, it is advertising. It's adbuster stuff. Yeah,
0: it's put this thing alongside this thing. It will really make you think differently. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have an entire regime of signs and semiotics designed to make us feel all sorts of ways about literally everything. Mm. You cramming another ad down. Britain's bloated ad hole cramming another bit of. It's fucking gang stalking, is what it is. It's it's semiotic gang stalking. <laughs> That's all advertising in. And I literally work. I say work in advertising makes me sound like a cunt,
1: but I'm actually
0: just like an office admin guy for a company that does advertising. And I fucking hate it. It's yeah, literal harassment. Like it's literal harassment. I. Yeah, no more signs. No more information.
1: <laughs> I always forget his name. Batman of the Future, Henry Rollins' character. Oh, um... Mad. It was
0: the mad... It's not the mad midnight no. bomber?
1: No, that's, um, that's a,
0: the, the... That's tick, the tick, tick, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't remember his name, but he... he there, the there guy who
1: screams too much information. Too obviously. much information
0: starts blowing up libraries, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They continue. We chew over... it. Blah. We chew it over on our WhatsApp group. Hashtag post chat. Oh, By going legit, we could certainly expand our reach. If we were to raise 5 or 10k, unlikely, but you never know. Going
1: legit, can you imagine?
0: The press, the, the, the
1: head of communications. The press would for have a field day. The head of communications of Greenpeace going legit. <laughs> I can't believe it. A photographer for The Guardian going legit. No.
0: He wasn't for the Guardian. He, he has a lot of photos in the Guardian. He is actually a photographer for Greenpeace. He's, no. a, he's a freelancer. Okay, fine.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, Guys drinking in a pub in Shoreditch going legit. The only thing they've ever done that's not legit is either encourage horribleness in Syria and probably a load of coke. <laughs> direct action, to be to be fair.
0: Direct action. Yeah, but the direct Scaling thing. Kings North and like shutting it down for it. They shut it down for a day. Oh, yeah, that's yeah that's a that's a legit yeah. thing yeah, it's, it's a literally an illegit thing but yeah but yeah that's a
1: thing fine
0: <laughs> on the other hand this was never meant to be a legitimate advertising campaign for us the illegality of the pasting is part of the reason we're doing it our side of the brexit debate they were and
1: having us- a midlife crisis they just wanted to recapture their <laughs> youth
0: Our side of the Brexit debate seems to us mired in technocratic, albeit important, assertions about jobs, rights and standards. What it lacks, we think, is passion. Where's the edge? We've taken our fair share of direct action over the years, be it against the Iraq war or climate change. And he's not wrong. They are not wrong there. The the Remain campaign originally... Mm -hmm. Definitely was a lot more um, restrained, logical, and largely hit the points that every government had been hitting before mm. about jobs and, and all that kind of thing. But putting up billboards with two tweets side by side, mm. something that, by the way, everyone can get for free on the internet every single fucking day, and not just on Twitter. Yeah. You can get it on every social media platform. It's yeah. You get it on BuzzFeed. You get it on every content aggregator. Mm. It's... Not a new idea. It's not hard hitting. I no. don't
1: understand who this who this gets to. Um, I, I the thing is, I said like I was joking there about them going for a midlife crisis. I get it, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain that is part of the fucking the excitement for them is that. Like I'm going through similar feelings. Oh, you know Oh, you, my start- kid, you my starting? My kid going. And like, you know... Are you
0: starting the change? The male change? Am I about to well, see... Well, no, like, I think... Am I about to see a leather trench coat? Again.
1: <laughs> you say that like you didn't have one as well. I never um, had a trench coat. I couldn't no, afford just it. A, it was just a
0: three-quarter length. It was, yeah, it was a three-quarter length. I couldn't afford the extra quarter length.
1: <laughs> this is where the last bit of the money is. It's where the most... It's where it costs the most.
0: I'm going to start you a Patreon just to get you a full-length <laughs> leather coat.
1: Vegan. I don't want that much A cow. vegan
0: leather coat,
1: then. Fine. Fine. Like a PVC one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, you know, you, 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 know, you turn back to things that made you happy when you were younger. It's part yeah, of the sure. reason why I've gotten back into fighting games and why I'm watching so much anime. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that they're not normal people. Yeah, Both. that's the big thing. S- yeah.
0: Um, Britain faces... They continue. Britain faces the single biggest political moment in its post-war history. The nation has cleaved in two and the debate is as brutalising as anything we've experienced. A band of charlatans and frauds is on the verge of taking us out of Europe based on a vote that was swung by lies and corruption. And yet nobody is so much as sitting down in the road. No, the fact that we're breaking the law to put up our posters is, in a way, the whole point of the the project. Yeah. Nobody is so much as sitting down in the road, (laughs) says a person who got Greenpeace uh, policies over... By sitting down in the middle of the road, or mm. sitting down in the middle—it's like it's a weird thing to just—I'm not going to get angry at that because like everybody has to approach politics in their yeah, own yeah. way. And if he—if they feel that this is not the correct way of doing Brexit, then whatever of doing Remain campaigning, yeah. then whatever. But also, you have a huge gamut of 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 strategies that you have direct experience of. Mm. What is it about billboards that made it so compelling? Yeah, you know. The next day, though, the Times runs a double-page spread on our billboards. Davis, Fox, and Reese Mogg are called by journalists to account for their quotes. Yet more examples of fantasy and hypocrisy are flooding in from the public. David Davis is crying now, thanks. Well done. Then we're contacted by the people at crowdfunder.co.uk. We think your project could really work, says Simon, the founder of the site. You could raise a bit of money.
1: Did they call or did they beat him? (laughs) Should have pub in shortage as well.
0: We'd prefer to stay anonymous. Ano- We'd prefer to stay anonymous," says James Sadri, director of the Syria campaign. <laughs>
1: Justifiably, why? He yeah. wants to stay anonymous. Um,
0: of course, he says, "Why not start out asking for ten thousand? See how it goes." We sit at our computers. Ben and Ollie in London. James in Bristol. Will in Sweden, staring at the screen, pressing refresh, watching the totalizer rolling over and over. By the end of the first day, the crowdfunder has raised £30,000, and by the following evening, we have £56,000 in the bank. We're now buyers in the cutthroat world of outdoor overhead advertising, and we have precisely no idea what we're doing. Where do you even buy a billboard? Do you just phone someone up and order it? The guys at Crowdfunder put us onto the biggest billboard co- company in the country. James calls them and outlines the concept and the support we're getting from the public. They didn't know how to buy outside advertising. They knew. The head of media of Greenpeace didn't know how... even Didn't even know anybody to ask yeah. about how to buy... Didn't even know how to who to ask to buy outside advertising. Hmm. I don't think that's true. I think no. that's a lie. Um, the woman says, uh, hmm, sounds fascinating. Their woman replies, send over your designs. So we email her what we want to put up across the country. It takes her 10 minutes to reply. Absolutely no way. Sorry, this is all too political for us. Too political. In the past, they happily plastered UKIP posters up and down the country, but they won't be budged. Uh, just a little aside there uh, election time and with political parties there are entirely different rules electional advertising is a uh, political advertising is a real problem in this country yep. because absolutely nobody has actually wanted to take on the responsibility for regulating it mm-hmm. um, the ASA won't do it um, Ofcom won't do it uh, they have and it would ultimately have to come from parliament that would mean breaking the current rules of like oh own people only get like a certain amount of political party political broadcasting yeah because there's worries about a lot of money flooding into political advertising yep. and it becoming like America, which is an understandable thing. But in any case, yeah, political yeah. advertising isn't just willy-nilly. Yeah. So that's why. And again, I would expect someone who was the head of, who <laughs> is the is the yeah. head of media for Greenpeace. People who've
1: worked on political campaigns to understand <coughs> it. See as <coughs> so you understand it and you're just into politics. <laughs>
0: We get a message from an independent billboard company called Air Outdoor. They love the project, they say. Can we help? We mainly have sites in Yorkshire and the Midlands. Are you interested? Yes, we are. We're very interested indeed. We decide to launch with 12 designs, 11 decided by a Twitter poll, plus one quote that for us is non-negotiable. It's going up, whatever the public thinks. But first, we need to check it with the billboard company. So they put their billboard designs, Hmm. that are tweets, Mm -hmm. up on Twitter (laughs) for people to decide on. Before they bought spent people's money on putting a billboard up with the hope that people would take photos of them and put it doing it back on Twitter.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so good.
0: Uh. You're okay putting up the Boris one, right? Asks James after emailing them the design. You're not. O- we're not okay with putting up that one, no, says our friend at Outdoor. You won't put up, put up fuck business on a billboard. I'm afraid not. Even though he said it. Yep. What about F star star K business? Nope, we're just not allowed to put stuff up like that. Yep. Regulations, I'm sorry. Again, yep. I can talk from experience here. No, you're not allowed to put up a swear word. <laughs> you're not even allowed to put up a bleeped swear word yeah. in any way on any British advertising. Not that Hmm. out of the ordinary, if you think about it, or if you have direct experience of it. James Sandry, director of the Syria campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's the same at Build, another independent billboard company that is keen to work with us. No go for Boris. James breaks the news on poster chat, but we won't take no for an answer. The billboard regulators can star, 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 star off. Mm. Um, So yeah, they go go on. Um, Ben texts i found a site half a mile from the Jaguar Land Rover factory in Solihull, heading towards it. We could do fuck business there. James, genius, capital letters, two exclamation marks. Will, whoop, single exclamation mark. Ollie, boom, exclamation mark. Love it. Rupert, and bang goes the dynamite. <laughs> it's just that. Like, no, I made that last one up, but he, I, it's I, just all of that like, yeah, faux shizzle. <laughs>
1: you know? My experience of group chats is very different to this.
0: Mm -hmm. Because they essentially talk... It's like talking with your friends, but in text. In text format, it's like writing a letter. Uh, Yeah, so then they talk about getting the um, poster printed, taking it up there. Um, They're going to do... This is another illegal poster Hmm. operation. They get it printed. um, They discuss between themselves whether to censor out the F word, and they decide to... um, Put it up in its entirety, even though they mention themselves, it is on a road that is on the school run.
1: <laughs> they don't care. That's so dangerous. <laughs> That's so dangerous. Just like what's going on here.
0: They say if we drop the f-bomb on a billboard, it might spark a local conversation about oh, the direction God. the former foreign secretary and his allies are taking the country in. I've it just might start a
1: conversation by putting pornography up in school.
0: Just <laughs> it might start a conversation. Brexit is all anyone, anywhere, has been I talking know. about. A glib billboard doesn't do anything to advance that conversation. This one says a swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe this is the thing to finally pull, like, freak the squares enough. <laughs> they uh, they talk about the process of driving up to Solid Hole, how hard it was for them because it's nearly three a.m. before the time they get back into bed. It's like a weird famous five story. They seem very, it, or a really tedious drunk story, like oh, I got in at three o'clock, you know, that kind of oh. thing. Um, and they talk about their, uh, the result of this. The poster certainly sparks a local conversation. The fury over giant F star 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 billboard ad posted on Busy Road Near School runs the headline in the Birmingham Mail. The newspaper quotes various posts from local residents' Facebook groups. Lindsay Crompton has declared, I complained to the company who owned the billboard who told me they knew nothing about it. They removed it within two hours. <laughs> what offends me is that these activists think it is okay to put such language on a billboard in a residential area. Utter disgrace by Led by donkeys." Fucking dumbasses. Um, but resident Emily McKenzie has responded saying, I hope everyone outraged by the language used on this billboard because children will see it was equally outraged when this statement was made by someone who literally shapes the future of those same children. In an ideal world, the billboard wouldn't be there. But in an ideal world, our foreign secretary wouldn't be the type of person who thinks fuck business is an acceptable response to Chris using uh, people losing their jobs. Um, and Chris Hammond has written, yes, the explicit is unfortunate, but it 's had an a- a- impact and got people talking, which is the whole point of led by donkeys and that 's the end of the extract. <laughs> so people started talking about it on their Facebook groups, which somehow mysteriously they couldn 't penetrate they couldn 't put anything up on the internet, they had to put something up in real meat space, and then think I think there 's an interesting thing about like their choice of billboards, like yeah. There is a physical action element, so it's it kind they of just
1: appeals to... Bo- bo- bro- They've just seen free billboards outside of every Missouri.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that is a good film. Yeah, but that's literally yeah. it. Um, I bet you it's that. No, I
0: think, it, I think it reveals a certain pathology about the way that kind of person views Brexit. Hmm. Because they think, despite them going on about how Facebook shaped ordinary people, in inverted yeah. commas, views of things, they don't think ordinary people are on the internet. No. They don't think ordinary people yeah. are into Twitter. So they yeah. think, fuck, in order to reach all of these unreachable, um, non voting people, yeah. we have to go to where they live. And that means that you've got it physical billboards.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, you've been in the north. The reception is terrible on my phone, so I assume the <laughs> internet is just as bad.
0: <laughs> and it would be easy to dismiss them as like Gen X, like hmm. NGO guys, even. Um, you know, they love a bit more cheba. Badly drawn boy. I loved him. He had some important things to say, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're all literally professional campaigners. Like, I don't mean this in the reactionary sense that this Mm -hmm. somehow discredits them. Yeah. But they've utilized campaigns that involve like insider political strategies, media campaigns, online activism, networks of activists in pursuit of a political goal. And to stop Brexit, they put up a bunch of posters. Yeah. What's the difference between this campaign and their previous one? James Sadry, as a quote of him talking about how there's a lot to be said for laughing at those in power. Was the Syria campaign conducted in the same way? Mm. Did laughing at Assad Mm. give people a lot of power? Was that the way they conducted it? No, they conducted it as absolutely morally serious. Mm -hmm. I could go on and on about the kind of racist comparison (laughs) of liberal interventionism, but that's maybe for another episode. But it feels to me like there's a lightness because it's domestic, because Mm. it's Britain, because Mm. it's ultimately, we have a functioning discourse, we have a functioning state. Mm. And that any kind of extremist action is simply not necessary, whereas in a situation like Syria, they judge it as completely necessary. Yeah. You know? Um, And yeah, you could, like, point towards this attitude coming out of, like, yeah, post the 1992 election, a lot of people who were involved in otherwise quasi-like, socialist mm. organisations to do with various causes um, were really disheartened by it and kind of that section of the Labour Party the, the the coalition of all of those groups in the Labour Party kind of splintered off and so it became this non-political thing that was done for moral reasons rather than, and charity reasons rather than thing, but when it comes to Britain you can't apply that same metric because no. they're not chari- they don't see them as charity cases you know, it's, yeah. uh, but it's been this real problem with Remain that this type of campaigning, this type of action, there are, like, there are real powers, levers of power to be leveraged culturally, as well mm-hmm. as politically and legally, and all that kind of thing. But prejudices and a lack of understanding about the, the things that forced Brexit through, and basic, honest, political calculation, this is a political issue, this isn't a charity issue, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's that much of a moral issue, clouds the issue so much, that they can't get at what actually needs to be done, which is probably supporting a Remain party. If you think the Lib Dems are that, go for it. Mm. I don't think they're that. I think maybe the Labour party are that. Go for that. Mm. But a Remain campaign cannot live on hypocrisy alone. You can't just tell people that people already know politicians are lying. You're not telling them anything new. You're not advancing their political consciousness one iota mm-hmm. by telling them that the people they hate they should hate for good reason. Yeah. Ah, that's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast, follow me at BM Bergamo, follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. About the fighting game when Mr. Hoover said to cut my.